Wondershare Video Converter Ultimate makes life easier by providing you with a variety of video tools. Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk, episode 13. Yes, episode 13. If you missed episode 12, it means you didn't watch us live, which is bullshit. But I'm not going to hold it against you. Where were you? You know, I don't want to talk. I'm not ready for it. Episode 13, we've been off for a week. It was our birthday. We needed to celebrate. We needed to rehab. We needed to get our lives together. But we're here. And sports are here. Almost. Guess who's back? Soccer's back. Soccer's back. We're not going to talk about that yet. But soccer's back. You know what? I... I look forward to talking about it, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer guy. I actually look forward to, uh, to talking about it a little bit, and maybe I'll even uh, pick a team to follow. There you go. There you go. I actually watched a little bit of a game in an empty stadium. It was weird, but it was live sports, and it was amazing. Awesome. But we've got Major League Baseball talking about coming back. We've got NBA talking about coming back. NFL is moving forward. NHL doesn't know what they're doing, but that's not surprising because Gary Bennett. Come on. I mean, I don't care because if they don't start the season out and they just end it, Bruins are the Stanley Cup champions. So. It's, I, in, in doing the research for this show, I was legit was like, all right, like MLB, I know everything I, I need to know. NBA, let me see what's going on with NHL. And it was like, they're just, nothing's happening. Yeah, no, they're doing nothing. Um, and, and from what I've heard is that they are so dependent on ticket sales yeah. that – to do the to do the games without the, the fans almost doesn't make sense. So I get it. They're in a tough spot. All these other sports have so much money in sponsorships and all of these things that it's not as big of a hit, but like, you know, that's kind of where they're at. Well, I also feel like NHL is probably their players seem like they're a little bit more uh, worldwide than that's the true other sports. Like, so they're that's coming from different areas. So it's going to be harder to, to really bring people back if they've gone overseas right. to go home during this right. Right. The last thing I heard is that there's nothing yet, but they, the plan is when they bring the, the players back that they'll do kind of like four hubs around the country, and, and that's what they'll do. Hopefully yeah, it happens soon because their season is almost over. That means NHL playoffs are on, on the horizon, and there's nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's just, that's just fact. Oh, it's just – it's awesome. Debo, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I got Naya Nora from Drunken Rabbit. It's a double IPA. Fantastic. Got a little uh, unicorn. Ooh, fancy. little rainbow. Right. Fancy. All right. And I am drinking Treehouse tonight. Doppelganger. Double IPA. I, you know, I haven't had Treehouse in a while. Those beers are really good. I don't see a glass. There she is. Listen, protecting myself and my family step by step. All right. Listen up. MLB back soon. New rule, potentially, universal DH. That means NL, AL, everybody's got a DH. Initial thoughts, what do you think? Like, I think it makes sense to do in the long run. I think the fact that they want to do it this year is kind of BS because I think it puts the National League at a little bit of a disadvantage because they're not, they didn't plan their rosters for that. I mean, some people are – you can – there were free agents out there that would just have been good DHs to sign, and NHL is not going to do uh, NHL, huh? National League is not going to do that. They're going to go after what they need, and I, I I do like when there's no DH sometimes because it, it the strategy behind it. But let's be honest, it's almost an automatic out. Like let's get let's stop let's stop the bullshit and yeah. let's get pitchers out of the the out of the ninth spot. 
and put put a DH in there and let's really get the runs popping in the National League. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think this is a rule that was probably going to happen sooner rather than later. I think because of COVID-19, it's an easy decision make to make this year. You get more batters, you get pitchers not having to do at bats. You don't, you know, you one less thing for them to get injured or, or have something happen to them because you're going to need pitchers to stay healthy throughout the season because there's going to be a lot of asked, a lot of a lot asked of them, and they're probably going to be not as prepared as they would with the normal spring training. Um, there is no reason why this shouldn't already be a rule. Oh, I there shouldn't be hitting. Like I, mean, I get there's a bunch of like purists and old timers and people that are going to be like, this is sacrilegious. This shouldn't happen. Please stop the bullshit. There's having an extra offensive player that can actually hit the ball is a good thing for baseball. Offense is a good thing for baseball. Pitchers are fantastic. Good pitchers are great to watch, but there's nothing better than watching a good offense hit. And, and yeah, to, to what you said, there, there is a little bit of like a disadvantage for the NL, but from what I'm, what I'm hearing, they're going to have ex, a, a little bit expanded rosters. Which and makes so, sense. So that's going to allow an NL team to maybe bring in a veteran, maybe bring up an extra guy, and really do some cool things with their, their lineup. So I, I think it's, it also is going to take some offense, some defensive players that they had to put out there that probably stunk and relegate, relegate them to DH. No, I think that's fair. I think that you'll also see some players, some veterans get a second shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, this is an extreme, but like a Manny Ramirez, obviously that's not going to happen, but someone who's, um, if we talked about Prince Fielder before this, like if somehow his injury cleared up his and he was able to come back who's not going to give him a chance right. to, well it's it's funny you say that because Joey Bats, Joey Bautista is trying to make that comeback and now all of a sudden a guy who's that old but who can still hit who might be able to still hit could latch on to an NL team get a minimum salary and not have to play the field and maybe hit a few balls out the park I mean you're talking about an extra what 15 players now can hit the ball yeah, I mean, I, I I love it. I think it's great. I hope it sticks. It sounds like it's it's a rule that will probably come in this year and probably stay for the long haul. Pitchers shouldn't be hitting. It, I mean, there's a few out there that can kind of kind of rope, but like for the Don't most part, Willis. you remember that? Yeah, I know Dontrell Willis. I know Madison Bumgarner can hit it too. But like, let's be honest. Like most of the time, like you said earlier, it's an automatic out. Those pitchers are not really concerned with getting hits in most, especially not during the regular season. They're typically just trying to, like, not get themselves hurt and move on to the next one. What are we going to do without the double switch? I, I still don't understand a double switch. If you can explain it to me, then then go ahead. But I don't understand it. It won't have to happen. We're that That's what we'll do without it. We won't have to do that. Actually, but I won't try to explain it right now. Next up is the NFL. We've got a couple of things to hit. A couple of players on each of our teams did some things over the last week that are – Interesting. But first interesting. up, the most interesting thing is that the NFL, NFL has proposed changes to the Rooney Rule. Now, the Rooney Rule requires that you interview African-American head coaches or coaches of color for your head coaching positions, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, their new plan, which I think is kind of bullshit, gives compensatory draft picks to the team that loses a coach and also gives the team that hires a coach the opportunity to move up six to 10 draft spots if they do so. Thoughts. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this one. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. To, I mean, you want to see more minorities hired. And, and, you know, it's almost 
I want to say 100% of owners are old white men. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone that isn't. Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, isn't. But, like, yes, you're, you're spot on that it's mostly old white men. And it's just weird, you know, you have the problem with um, black quarterbacks. You have, you have very minimal black head coaches, Hispanic, any it, it, minorities just don't seem to get the, the glory positions. Yeah. And I, yeah. I understand wanting them to get those positions and have the opportunities to do it. But to give a team who it, – it, it's also going to be a negative for teams that have had a long-term head coach. That's a good point. So if you're, you know, you're the Patriots, you've had Belichick for 20 plus years and somehow they are the, let's say they're the third pick of the draft because they had a bad year. And then this team hires a black head coach and now they move up whatever the amount of picks is and they jump in front of them. Right. one. Pick. You, now, you hire. It's not until the third round, but still like. But think about this. Think about this. You're the first pick of the, of the, Say you're the first pick of the third round, and I don't know, this, this isn't fully explained, but say you're the first pick of the third round, and in that season you hired a uh, black head coach or a, a head coach and a general manager of color, you can move up 16 spots. So instead of having the first pick of the third round, now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're on the early, you're right, right, middle, early side of the, of the second round. This to me is an easy, this is perfect NFL. It's a decision that gets people talking about it. It's good in the sense of it, it helps a team improve. It doesn't, however, fix the problem of the culture of hiring coaches in the NFL. Yep. In researching this, I went back over the last two, three years. Okay. In the last two years, there's been 12 new head coaches. Two of them have been people of color. In the last three years, 17 coaches, two people of color. So when you say new head coaches, it doesn't mean like Ron I'm Rivera. I'm talking about teams that turned over their head coaching position. Okay, so like – and so where Ron Rivera counts as one of those, He's even though he already had a position, he went from Kansas to the Redskins. Yes. So you didn't really gain any – No, no. And actually, like, you think about Anthony Lynn. Yep with the Chargers, was the head coach for the Bills. Yep. So you didn't gain anyone. And, like, this is, this is a huge problem. And, and one of the things that first came to mind when I, when, when I read this was, like, well, the biggest problem is that we, we retread the same old white head coaches over and over again, right? Like, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy getting a job with the Cowboys. Now, he's a unique situation in that, in that he's a really good coach, and I think it was just his time to leave, for the, leave the Packers. But, like, now it's the, like – hire the 28-year-old, 30-year-old hot offensive coordinator. But here's my question. What's the best offense in the NFL right now? Kansas City. Why hasn't their offensive coordinator been hired yet? Eric Bieniemy. Just, just wondering. Just wondering why the best offense in the league, that offensive coordinator hasn't got barely any interviews, if any. So my but, question – but, but, I, here's the thing. I think they need to make – there should be an extra rule that interviewing and hiring should not happen till after the Super Bowl. And the reason I say that is because 
not that BNME wasn't going to say yes to an interview, but like he shouldn't have to worry about his current job and go for an interview for that. I'm not even sure that he's gotten many, many interview looks, but like, can you, can you tell me who the head coach of the New York Giants is right now? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Nope. Judge. Yeah. Yeah. What is special teams coordinator? Game day film operator. The Giants have a brand new quarterback, a world-class running back. Bienemy, I feel like that's a guy that probably could have worked really well for that team. It's just the NFL has an issue. They've had an issue for a long time. The Rooney rule, when put into place, made a lot of sense. Yep. The Rooney rule has been abused, in my opinion, by teams. by They interview somebody and never really take them seriously. There are, I mean, oh, and I'm sorry, the other, the other, I guess Anthony Lynn was four years ago because it didn't come into my, my note. The only other person is Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins. He's the yeah. other guy. So it's him and Ron Rivera. Yes. Um, and, so, and the only other uh, minority uh, is Mike Tomlin. Right. Those are right. only four coaches. I think it's right. only four coaches. Yes. And again, now it's just qualifications, but I, I, I agree with you. The enemy should be at least at least interviewed by how many how many positions open? let's just like let's just go back to the giants like when i when i when i was looking through the new head coaches i was like okay if you want to hire the hot new coordinator i get it cincinnati bengals you got zach taylor guy's never really done anything i think he was an offensive coordinator for like a hot second now he's a head coach right um i mean the packers did it right right and again i think what it says is if you take a head coach and you put them in a good on a good team in a good situation, they'll do all right. Zach Taylor comes into a bad situation, and the Bengals stink. Yeah, Malafoy comes into the Packers with a Hall of Fame quarterback, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. You're going to do all right. Joe Judge, like I, I like to me, this is just one of those things where like I would have never even thought about the Giants this year. Joe, I wouldn't have ever talked about Joe Judge. But now that we're talking about giving draft pick compensation because you hired a coach of color or a general manager of color shows how disconnected the NFL and the owners are and how all they really care about is how they look to a certain group of people. There yeah. are going to be a lot of people out there that say, like, you know, that seems like a really good plan. You could move up in the draft pick if you hire a black coach. It's like I'm not going to say the N-word anymore so now I'm not racist. Like, it just is such a stupid thing to do. I really wish the NFL had done this. And, and, and last night I jumped on Twitter and I saw a bunch of players just being like, I hope this isn't it. Because if this is it, we're not, we're not making any progress. No. They're it, just not. They're not. No. And, and, and unfortunately, this will probably go through and pe- – and, and, Draft pick conversation will happen instead of changing the culture where you say, hey, listen, as an organization, we are going to take seriously coaches of color just as seriously as we're going to take some white coordinator who's done literally nothing in their career, but we think they might be the next big thing. Like, again, kudos to Matt LaFleur, kudos to Sean McVay, kind of, because it, it, it worked out well early, but it hasn't, hasn't really worked out. Like, kudos to these guys. But again, it's not like those all these coaches that are young and, and doing all this are, are having a whole bunch of success. Right. You know, I mean, the the Browns. Who's the Browns coach right now? Is it Freddie Kitchen still? No, they fired him, 
And now they got Kevin Serfransky or whatever from the Vikings, just another white coordinator who they wanted to hire. They could have hired last year, didn't. Hired Kitchens, fired him. Now they got him. <laughs> the NFL needs – they just need to do better. They need to do better. Yeah, Staying I mean – Oh, go ahead. At, no, no, I was going to say, you look at the NBA, I think you've got a good mix of, of head coaches – and same thing in MLB. You have you have a lot of you have a lot of diversity. And and again, I think NBA, NFL. I'm sorry, NFL. So there's a lot of diversity. Yeah. And you have the NBA and Major League Baseball have a lot of diversity as players. So there's a better opportunity for more minorities to have a chance. And I guess the NFL you know, is 70% African-American. I, I, but what I'm saying is like, there's more, you have Hispanic in, in major league baseball. So you have the, the corals and. I, I get it. I, you're, you're making a valid point. 70% of the players in the NFL are African-American. Yes. And there are four head coaches of color. That's where we are at in this world. And it is super disappointing that the, the NFL's answer to this is let's give draft pick compensation. For all of the reasons that it's wrong, plus the things that you said about how a, co a team like the Patriots, who's had the same head coach for 20 years, they're going to get penalized for just having the same coach. Yep. And again, now, let's be honest. Like, how often does a coach stay around for 20 years? Well, but, you know, what? that's true. So but I think, I, I think 10, 12 years, that's still the same thing. Cause... Well, it's, it's crazy you said that because when I, was, when I was looking up all of this stuff, I came across an article that was, like, the longest tenured head coaches. And I was like, oh, let me scroll down to the bottom because that's where the bills are because they've only had the, the same the head coach for four years. He's number 10 on the list. He's in the middle. Because he, that's, that's, how, that's how much turnover is in the NFL. There's little, literally no patience, and you're always trying to find the next hot thing, right? Or, you know, somebody becomes available, and you're like, I got to go grab that guy. Like, it's just retreads, and you're trying to find that new hot coordinator. The retread trend is amazing. Well, like and thankfully, it seems like it's dying out a little bit because it's now become the hot coordinator thing. Like, yeah. that's the thing now. But that was the first thing I thought about, too, was like, oh, they just went and hired, like, the same old white coach that's done this, like, for four different programs and hasn't had any success. Oh, we'll look forward to seeing maybe uh, Steve Spurrier or Nick Saban back. Okay. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, last week, interviewed. Finally spoke on the fact that Jordan Love was drafted in the first round. Give me your thoughts. I mean, I've got some feelings, but this is your program. This is your team. This is your squad. What do you got? I mean, I was getting worried there. He hadn't said anything for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. I'm like, is he just harboring it? Is he going to come out and just badmouth the Packers? And, you know, he – I thought what he said was very diplomatic. Yeah. I, he didn't say, I'm pissed off, but you could tell he was irritated. You know, like, he didn't, he didn't say, like, fuck the Packers. Like, no. So, some some quarterbacks have said that when they're like they're trying to replace me, screw them. This is you know he was like, I'm. My thought process was I'm going to retire a Packer. I'm going to finish my career there. 
He wanted to do that. Yeah. And the Packers have made it a possibility by drafting Love, trading up for Love to draft him, that he is not going to be that. And he's like, well, then that's so be it. Like, that's – and I think that makes sense. Like, he's going to go out there. He's going to try and win every game he can win. Mm-hmm. And he's going to either say – he's either going to do it or he's not. And I, I, I actually like that he didn't trash him. He, I love that he did say, well, I would have liked, you know, another target because that's what they needed. They do need a target still because I'm, I'm not sold on Funchess. I'm, you know, I, I'm sorry. They need another wide receiver. They just need <laughs> – they got three running backs, though. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We do. So, I mean, I think they're going to – I mean, we've talked about this. They're going to do some crazy shit, I think. They're going to do yeah. wide receivers in the slot. They're going to do – I'm not the wide receiver. They're going to do running backs in the slot. They're going to – line um sternberger and lewis up in the slot and they're gonna i think they're gonna do some interesting things yeah but i think what it says with drafting dylan is they're taking the ball out of roger's hands as much as possible and they're gonna they're gonna try and win games with defense and running well so they're gonna try try in san francisco they're gonna try in tennessee and when they need rogers to pull it out they hope that he can still do it i want to ask you a hypothetical that is Please do. An absolutely ridiculous question to ask. But it was love the it. first thing I thought of when I read, when I read kind of the, the review of his, his interview. Is there any world in which the Packers draft Jordan Love in the first round, moving up to draft him, if they hadn't done it, if they hadn't drafted Aaron Rodgers however many years ago in the first round and let him sit for five, six years under, under Brett Favre? Is there any way? Or do they just go out and give him the weapons that he needs? So you're saying – would they, would they have made this move? If it didn't work out so well with Rodgers? No. Absolutely not. Okay, I, that, that, that's all I wanted to hear because I'm guessing Jordan Love doesn't become a good quarterback because most quarterbacks don't become good quarterbacks, right? Yeah, My guess is that this is, this is something that in six years, they don't have Aaron Rodgers and they don't have Jordan Love. Like, and, and that's not saying anything bad about Jordan Love. It's just the reality is that you're asking two people who are insanely competitive to basically just one of them's got to just keep doing what he's doing, keep producing. And the other one's got to just sit there and wait. And like, yes, it worked out well with Favre and Rogers. To me, that feels, feels like a once in a lifetime situation. Well, I like, well, but no, you say that twice in a lifetime because we watched the Montana to Steve Young switch. Sure. Okay. So twice in our lifetime, it's happened. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's possible. I think if we didn't see it with that, there's no way they would have did that. So said twice in our lifetime, four Hall of Famer quarterbacks have been paired up with each other and made it work. Now, the other part of this is I can't help thinking, and, and, I, and I, I don't want to get you all worked up, but, like, the Packers blew this, man. They blew it. If you are willing to trade up to get Jordan Love, trade up even farther and get a wide receiver. Like, and, 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 and you already know this, and I, and I don't think that I gave it my proper, like, aggressiveness the first time around, but, like, it's such a cop-out to me. Like, oh, we, we want to think about the future. Cool story, bro. You could also sign a quarterback. You could also draft another quarterback. The greatest quarterback in the world could come out three years from now, and you could, you could get that person, like, 
Aaron Rodgers could get injured next year and you could get the number one pick and, and draft Trevor Lawrence. You, you mean to tell me that if Aaron Rodgers gets injured next year and they have the number one pick in the draft, they're not going to take Trevor Lawrence? Like, it's just – I get the looking toward the future. Yeah, I mean, you had the perfect example is um, Arizona. Right. Right. They, that, right. They, they drafted Rosen. They were like, oh, cool, we got our rookie quarterback. Oh, Kyler Murray's there. We have to take him. Right. And Lawrence is there. Of course you're taking him over Jordan Love. Right. And, and, and again – you flip them, but I mean, again, Boyle could beat him out for the backup. And yeah, then I just it, <laughs> that's not going to happen. D. <laughs> it, you know, like the, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's already happened. We can argue it to death. It just feels like Aaron Rodgers is probably sitting around thinking, "Okay, I get it. I'm not going to be around forever." But do you want to win world championships or do you want to have a 10 and six season five seasons from now? Right. Like to me, the, and again, especially with, especially with the Packers, their fans aren't going anywhere. Like they're going to be there. They're going to show up even when the team has a bad year. You don't need to like do this thing for them. You don't need to, it just, it's a, just, a, it's like, it, it's, it's fucked up. Speaking of fucked up, Ed Oliver, I think he was kind of fucked up last night. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, pulled over, beer in hand, gun in the car. Nice. Intoxicated. Pulling a trailer. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Four-wheeler. I've read a lot on this because I want to be as, as well-versed in this as possible. This is a dumb move. Just a really bad decision on his part. Wow. Now, wasn't doing any, like, he was doing a lot of things wrong. He wasn't. Yeah, he just fucked up. I want to try and, like, make this all right, but, like, he, like you're a second-year blossoming stud in the NFL, like, on a team that is going to win the AFC East. Well, we, we already know that. But, like, you're going to be a focal point of their defense. And I get that life is tough right now. But why are you hopping in the car at night, hitching a trailer to your car, your truck, and driving down the highway intoxicated with beers and on top of it picking up a gun charge because you have the gun in the car while intoxicated? It's just an awful move. It, it And you know the worst thing? Obviously, like, the first thing I thought was, like, well, that was stupid. You could have, like, hurt somebody. The second thing I thought of was, like, here's a guy who the Bills were probably, like, just going to let him let go, go wild this year. Just going to let him lose. Just, hey, Ed, have at it. Because last year we started to see signs of it. He, he was showing out a little bit. They got rid of Jordan Phillips. They needed him. And now we're talking about four-game suspension. We're talking about fines, which whatever. Like, fines or whatever. Fines or whatever. Yep. But you're, you're going to miss this guy for a quarter of the season. Plus, he's probably not going to be in full shape when he comes back just because that's not how it works. And, and to the Bills' credit, they went out and signed a bunch of depth on the defensive line. Yep. If those guys are playing well, he's going to fall on the depth chart. Yep. I mean, they're not going to cut him, right? Like, but, like – I didn't mean like that. Like yeah, but he's going to have to work his way back. Like, this is a guy that was going to be a starter. And now, come week five, he might be looking at, like, 25 to 50% time. 
And that's just really shitty. It is. I mean, but he's not the only one. Cody Latimer. Yeah. The Washington Redskins just, you know, hey, let's go shoot some guns out in the air. and just Yeah. Be- and you got DeAndre Baker. Yeah. Giants deciding, hey, armed robbery might be the way to go. Now, again, that's that nothing. He's out on $200,000 bail, innocent to proven guilty, right? But I mean, these players, let's get them in the, let's, we, we're, we're about to talk about it. May 19th, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Can open. Get them in there, get them back into football because they're getting bored. Well, I think, I think the reality is, that and that, I, I don't want to like yes you're right I don't want to fully agree to that because I feel like they're adults they should be able to handle right. themselves they be able to handle but it. it's Absolutely. one of those things where I think it just we just gotta like be conscious of the fact that like when folks are cooped up in their house for two months chances are things can get a little weird and thank god at all at Oliver didn't run anybody off the road Thank God Lattimore didn't shoot anybody. He was just shooting guns out of, you know. And, and, you know, if you're committing armed robbery as an NFL player, don't you already make enough money? What what are you, what like, what are you robbing? What the exactly. hell are you doing? I mean, maybe he's just pissed off that Joe Judge is going to be his head coach this year. That's something I can think of. <laughs> but I, to, to your point, again, I'm really excited that, that we're, we're moving close to sports happening again. I think every time that something awful happens in our country or happens worldwide, sports, in my opinion, is one of those things that can help heal the country, heal the world. It's something that everybody, even those people that are kind of fair weather fans or only show up for certain events can kind of appreciate like if the NBA playoffs start happening, if the NHL playoffs start happening, major league baseball kicks off and the NFL season is on the horizon. Can I know we talked imagine, about this in a couple episodes. Can you imagine the ratings? Well, and, and like the, you know, yes, I can, they're going to be crazy, but just like the fact that like families can sit down and like turn on one night, Stanley cup playoffs, one night, the, the NBA playoffs, one, one night, their favorite baseball team, the next night, they're talking preseason NFL football. Like it's just going to be one of those moments where like all of these sports are going to come together and they're all going to be fighting for airtime. But the reality is I think a lot of people are going to be able to say like, you know what, let's sit back, let's watch some sports and let's try to feel a little bit like we're moving in the right direction. again. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think Jacob has been reading a lot of books recently. Um, read it's like the, there's eight athletes who had a hard time growing up, but made it. And it was like Tim Howard. It was, uh, I don't believe it was LeBron James, but, you know, he's in, the, he's in the driveway now doing a fadeaway. LeBron James. Right. And then he right. did this one move, and he's like, I'm just like James Harden. I'm like, what, you traveled 17 steps? But, you know. <laughs> but, like, he's, really, he's starting to get into it, and it, it, it's sad that I can't really get him to watch it because there's yeah. nothing to watch. I want him to, you know, obviously I don't want him to watch some of the, the you know, the the crazy stuff of the NBA because NBA is not, you know, the, what's going to help you play high school basketball. It's, but you know, I I look forward to college basketball being on and being able to be able to talk to him about sports while we play, you know, I'd love to get into soccer with him a little bit. He hasn't shown as much enthusiasm about soccer. He he was dribbling the ball the other day, but 
I just think it's time to, you know, he, he's finally starting to be like, I want to watch sports. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, it's, it's, it, it's just kind of, I think if it all works out well, and I'm hoping it does, it'll be where all of these sports kind of come together in a short period of time where literally every night you can sit down and watch them. And again, there might not be that many fans in the stands. I know the NBA is talking about trying to figure out how to put 25% of the fans in the, in the stadiums. NHL obviously is going to try their best to get people in the stands. NFL is planning on having 60, 70,000 people in the stands. So who knows? It shouldn't be hard for these, these sports to get 25,000 or not 25,000. No, yeah, no, no. It's like, you have so many seats, like you can only eat in these, or, you know, get beers from this concession stands and it's just blocked off and you have to enter at this entrance. I think it, I don't think it's that hard to pull off. It's just planning those logistics right. that they're going to have to figure out. Right. And planning those, those logistics in a very short amount of time, right? Like that's the challenge is that this is all happening incredibly quickly. And because the players want to get back, the fans wanted to get back. Obviously, the owners want to get back because it's money that they're losing. Like, in the league itself, too. Like, all of these, all of these people want it to come back. The reality is they're, they're having to make these decisions in a very short amount of time. But to your point, the NFL opening up facilities is great. The NBA opening facilities is great. The NHL not doing anything is not great. <laughs> MLB is coming back. Like, again, I just keep thinking about the fact that, like, Maybe in a month, maybe in a month and a half, we could start to see some some sports. I mean, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like I, you can watch soccer again. Like it's happening over in Germany. I know the Premier League's coming back soon. It is a little weird watching sports with no fans because there's you can hear every word, you can hear coaches yelling, you can hear players talking. It does feel a little bit like a training session, but you know what? You know those players are going to show up and they're gonna they're gonna go 100 percent. But isn't that kind of cool, though, now? It, it's like you hear what the coaches are saying to the, the players and you hear what the players are saying on the field. I think that's kind of adding a new wrinkle that I think people will like. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you, like, NFL's trying to do it. They put the microphones on the field. They put them on players. Like, you're getting more of a real experience because you can actually hear them. And I think well, that's what's, what's going to be interesting, and I, and I was thinking about that because – you know, when, when, when you're watching a soccer game, most of the time the people that are doing the announcing are up high. And, I, and so when, they, when a goal is scored and they scream, like, nobody's going to hear that, right? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Like, our NBA announcers going to be down courtside? And if, the, if somebody hits a big three later, they're going to be like, oh, my God. And, like, are the players going to be like, <laughs> like, you know, it's going to be like a weird situation. Like, that, and the NBA came to mind because that's the, that's the one sport where everybody, where those announcers are right there on the court. And I wonder if they'll pull them back and maybe put them up in like a suite just because it, it's going to be really weird if they're like losing their mind and no one else is losing their mind. Though, like I said, the NBA seems to be trying to figure out a way to have a handful of fans in the stands for each game. I look forward to it. I look forward to us having a little bit more. Uh, not that there's not a lot to talk about, but. I, 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 can't, I, I can't wait to break down NBA matchups in the playoffs. Come on, man. Come on. I can't wait. Get a little bracket going. Yeah. I, I, it's just going to be oh, really – NFL, like, it's going to be awesome. And I think we're – it's going to be it's going to be great. I don't I even care. Yeah. I feel you. Well, listen, it, we took a week off. We needed a break. Yeah. Had a couple of beers. You were drinking Fireball the last time we were on screen. Yeah. It's a little weird, but we're back. We're better than ever. We're coming for you. Beers up, sports talk. Any last any, any last thoughts for us, D? Hit that iTunes. Hit that iTunes. Don't even listen if you don't want to. Just download it. 
Give it. Give us that five star rating. Stop playing. Five star rating. Get on Facebook. Get on IG. I don't care. We're gonna start posting more on Twitter. I want to try and start posting a little bit more. Just pictures and random stuff to just get you guys more uh, more into it. And let's make this happen. Yeah, let's, we're coming for you, y'all. Hey, let's make let's put Western Mass on the map, right? Yeah, man. All right, beers up, sports talk episode thirteen in the in the books. We'll see y'all later. Let's go.